Good morning, everyone. How are we all doing today? Welcome back to Tuesday's episode of The Scoop. First things first, let me check the audio. Do you know what? I'm not going to check the audio tomorrow because that's at least a week that we've had no issues. So I'm not going to check it tomorrow. Guaranteed tomorrow there's going to be issues oh with God. the audio. <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome yeah. in to twitch.tv forward slash ice cream uploads. My name is Graham Day. This is Bibi. And we are ice cream uploads, as you can probably guess, because I've just said the words like three times already. And it's also on my hat. Nice, nice. Anyway, welcome into our ice cream uploads in true ice creamy fashion. This is The Scoop, the UK's number one video game podcast, even if we do say so ourselves over the next hour or so we are going to give you our thoughts and impressions on the biggest the best the breaking stories from the world of video games and we want your thoughts and impressions on our thoughts and impressions uh it'd be important if you do share those thoughts and impressions because we go live each and every single weekday on twitch.tv forward slash ice cream uploads at 10 a.m ish 10 a.m ish each and every single weekday we go live and if you are with us live on twitch please do Give us those thoughts and impressions in the chat. You can see the chat box is just down there. Nice. Jump in. Get involved. It's like I say, it's important that you do that because we turn this live stream into a podcast, a video for YouTube and an audio podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and Google Play. So if you're in the chat, use your voice on behalf of everyone else watching and listening on demand a little bit later on. Nice. Nice. Uh, quick shout before we do jump in. Um, do you know what? This one today, uh, let's call out Muscle Moose. I've not spoke about them for a while, although I was fondling with my hat. Not not, not like that. Calm down. Calm down. Uh, my Muscle Moose hat yesterday. So shout out exclamation mark Muscle Moose, um, which won't work right right now because chatbot is dead. Nice. Uh, so basically, Muscle Moose um, are a brand that we aren't sponsored by. We are just partnered with. This is a local business not too far from us, literally about 30 seconds, well, maybe not 30 seconds, we're a few minutes away from Bibby's house. Um, and they make all these wonderful flapjacky things. Uh, so if you do want any flapjacks, yeah. any energy drinks, a nice kind of uh, cold kind of moose juice, then feel free to use exclamation mark muscle moose in the chat, and that will get you a 25% discount code. As mentioned, we don't get paid for that. That is just an extra freebie that we've had set up for you guys. So thank you to muscle moose, exclamation mark muscle moose. Nice, nice, nice. Um, morning to Kulan, who's here nice and early once again. Welcome in, dude. Um, Mr. Enix is here. As is Garlic Clark with the morning, lads. Steel Bonsai morning, lads. Morning, dude. Welcome in, dude. How's things? And speaking of Garlic Clark, I spawned there straight away with exclamation mark Garlic Clark. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Never missed the beat. <laughs> um, there we go. Split screened up. Nice. Nice. Uh, anything to report from last night's antics, Did you get up to anything after yesterday's scoop? Was, was there an exceptionally successful golf stream or something that may have happened? Yeah, something like that, <laughs> which wasn't, uh, which I didn't shit myself at all. Um, so yesterday uh, I mentioned at the end of the scoop that I was going to try and stream some uh, golf game, not the PGA one. This one is one that you actually use uh, a real golf club or the one that they provided, which is called Fee Golf. In it, since I got it on Friday, pretty much every single day. So I thought I'll try and stream it off my mobile because it, it technically is a mobile game, um, but the game that it comes with. There's two games, there's Fee Golf and there's World Golf Tour. World Golf Tour has been going for probably like 15, 16 years at this point. And I've been playing it for the longest time on my tablet or my mobile. It's on Steam, you can play it on there. I think I've streamed that game as well. Um, but you, the Fee Golf dongle uh, is compatible with that game. So I thought, oh, I'll just do a few rounds, do a few competitions and stuff like that. Uh, and the stream worked really well coming off my mobile phone. It did drain it exceptionally quick. I mean, the stream was probably like an hour and a half long, which is pretty good anyway. Um, but 
yeah, it, it drained my phone, so I will be using my new for my well, my, my newest phone rather than my old one uh, going forward. Honestly, Bibby two Lambos over there, Bibby six phones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, one's my drug dealer phone, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's it, it went really, really well. I mean, I was just happy to be able to play the game and stream at the same time. Never mind Toby Jizzle of the sidemen coming in and raiding us with like 1500 people which then put pressure on every single shot i wasn't playing the best golf i've ever played anyway and then just like 1500 people just saying nice shot mate well done congratulations <laughs> raid uh it, it was nice so i appreciate it toby thank you very much for putting this pressure on every single swing of my golf club i was sat there um i can't remember if i was just ticking off email bits or if i jumped on pubg at that point uh just to do my dailies oh no it was i was on what was it yeah, no, it was, I was on PUBG. It was in and out of going out of the house uh, for some other stuff. And, yeah, sat there watching Bibby, and he's kind of, like, stress-free. Just like, yeah, I'm just going to take uh, the putting game. I mean, Bonsai's mentioned it there. Bibby, have you got better at putting? Uh, uh, so his putting game wasn't quite on point. Just having a bit of banter with the chat, and all of a no. sudden, <laughs> 1,500 yeah. people out of nowhere. Uh, fun times, fun yeah. times. <laughs> it was. I can't wait to do it again. So I think Wednesday... Um... Obviously, because Graham is here for the scoop all week, he won't be playing games afterwards. So Wednesday would usually be our co-op slash Masters of the League slash whatever game we've got going on at the time. I think it probably is going to be more fee golf in the front room. Uh, I may sort me lighting out. I will be using my new phone, uh, my newish phone anyway. So hopefully we'll be able to stream for a little bit longer, but I can't wait to play it again. Like I, I absolutely love that game. Uh, and I was playing it last night until like one o'clock again this morning. I just love it. Well, I, I'm going to ask you a question now, but it's probably going to be awkward because there's about a six-second <laughs> gap between what you're saying and your face moving and stuff. Um, so next time, will we have the washing machine offer on? <laughs> <laughs> it was the dryer. It was the dryer. I don't know. It was like a mad washing day. We just had so much washing um, because we had all the windows and everything being put in this weekend. Um, so there was just all the washing was building up and stuff. So because we had builders in the house, we had to just take shelter into the uh the, the, obviously the coronavirus stuff we were just in the kitchen for like two or three days so yesterday was like a washing day to get through everything so yeah you can probably hear it i mean that, how good is the microphone that you can hear it from your room <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say um but yeah it's it, <laughs> hopefully not but i can't make any promises no, it was decent it was decent it was it was funny watching like that just being like a little bit oh just washing machine that's when the 1500 people can dropped in i was like i'm surprised more people didn't pick up on that to be fair you did get a lot of where are you from manchester red or blue mate <laughs> so so yes yeah, i mean to, to be fair the community that you brought over with proper sound like there was obviously a few people in there that was actually interesting golf and then i was telling a story about tiger woods and people was like i never knew that and then uh it was good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I said Toby's community that came over. And still, Bonsai was in there pretty much the entire time uh, from the minute that I kicked off the stream. So I appreciate his support in there as well, telling me if the sound was okay, if the quality of the camera was okay and everything. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate it. He's a good egg, is that Bonsai, but don't tell him I said that. God, honestly. <laughs> um, speaking of good eggs, um, Mr. Gary Clark, um, a, a little bit away from the stream, but I jumped on a call with... Ben from the good old Pro Evo days from ProRevo.de last night. Uh, I had a nice hour, an hour and a half chat with him last night. So we'll have to do that again at some point and you'll have to join us. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, uh, let's jump into some news. Let's jump into some news. We've been waffling for a few minutes. So let's, let's start talking about uh, political 
video games or or not political video games as the case may be you've probably seen this conversation bubbling over on social media last night um so we thought we'd continue it this morning give us your thoughts and impressions in the chat as we go but this one is by don pepiat at vg247 um madge thank you very much for the host good morning Good morning. Welcome in. Every, anyone else, if you, if you want to drop a host, feel free. We, we won't be angry if you want to do that. I mean, if you, <laughs> it, we'll happily take your hosts off you. Uh, but welcome in. Good morning, Madge. Um, so Don Pepe out of VG247 says, uh, Six Days in Fallujah developer isn't going for political commentary. Uh, so into the article now it says Six Days in Fallujah, a game based on real events that takes place during the second battle for Fallujah in 2004 is quote, not trying to make a political commentary according to its publisher. Um, after being cancelled by its original publisher in 2009 the tactical military shooter Six Days in Fallujah is now back in development. Uh, thanks to Highwire Games, a studio comprised of X-Halo and Destiny developers. Uh, you'd think a game about... Let me just full screen bit because it just killed the call probably to neaten up Discord. Nice. Uh, you'd think a game about a real-life war zone would be political by its very nature, but apparently the development studio and publisher behind the project are trying to approach it from an apolitical angle. In an interview with Polygon, uh, publisher Victura Boss... Uh, Pete... Okay, okay, there we go. In an, I was like, that didn't make sense, but I figured it out. In an interview with Polygon, publisher uh, Victura Boss, uh, Peter Tamter, explained that the purpose of bringing Six Days in Fallujah, uh, Fallujah back from obscurity to, to high, uh, is to highlight the complexity of urban combat uh, by letting us see the world from the perspective of boots-on-the-ground soldiers. Quote, uh, for us as a team, it is really about helping players understand the complexity of urban combat, uh, Tamty says in the interview. Quote, it's about the experience of that individual uh, that is now there because of political decisions. And uh, we we do want to show how choices that are made by policymakers affect the choices that a Marine needs to make on the battlefield, uh, just as, uh, as that a Marine cannot second-guess the choices by the policymakers. Uh, we're not trying to make a political, uh, political commentary about whether or not the war itself was a good or a bad idea. It's strange, making a game set in a real-life war that tries not to have an opinion on war itself. Some may argue that your choice to make this game in the first place is in itself a political commentary. We've seen similar uh, slipperiness from developers before, most notably when Ubisoft said it thought being openly political in games is bad for business during the Division 2's marketing campaign. Quote, a message that I heard from all of the people who've lost loved ones in battle is they don't want their child or friend's sacrifice to be forgotten, Tamti explains, even the ones who were very opposed to the war in Iraq. And I had conversations with many of them, as well as other members of our team, especially former military who are on our, who are on our team that had conversations with many of these families in 2009, and we heard one after the other. We don't want you to make a game about this but we don't our uh, we don't want our son's sacrifice to be forgotten it's a mixture of that um the reality is that most people are not aware of the battle for fallujah naughty dogs neil Druckmann certainly has something to say about matters uh, and there's an embedded tweet here this is from neil Druckmann of naughty dog it says your if your game deals with serious subject matter then it is inherently political if that's a problem make a different game Otherwise, you owe it to your game to lean into it, doing your damnedest to treat as honestly, completely as possible, warts and all. Uh, the publisher is eager to outline the fact that the, the development team hasn't set out to make the game similar to Call of Duty. 
Uh, for most relatives of war veterans, their only idea of, of a video game is watching somebody else play Call of Duty. Call of Duty is a sport, and if somebody made a sport out of the killing of my son, I'd be pretty upset. Our job uh, now is to show people that we're not making Call of Duty. The game was originally announced and developed by Atomic Games in 2009. It was supposed to be published by Konami, but thanks to its controversial subject matter, the game was cancelled and mostly forgotten about until recently. If you'd like to see some more games that absolutely aren't political in any way, you can check out our list of the eight best apolitical video games <laughs> what, what a shoehorn yeah. nice uh, but uh, there you go Six Days in Fallujah developer isn't going for political commentary despite focusing on a very political event slash period in time what are your thoughts on that Bib? yeah I mean if you're making a game about any war regardless of whether or not it's a Call of Duty remake uh, which Call of Duty and Medal of Honor was all based off of war uh obviously historic ones now um not current ones but every single uh i think i think probably the opening three no four medal of honor games were about either the first world war or the second world war uh the the first five call of duties were all based on war and obviously the new one the latest one was based on the cold war so i don't understand how you can make a war game and then not say (laughs) that it's not political because clearly it is uh, because you're making it uh, war is political at the end of the day uh, from top to bottom it is based on politics um so it it, see, it feels like a very very rough statement the one thing that I, i've this was one of the, the the biggest things when the game was originally meant to come out uh, was i think it was two was it 2009 did it say in the article yeah, that it's 2009? 2009 yeah yeah so originally when it was meant to come out there was stating that the the game sh- uh, could potentially be a uh a mechanic to try and bring people in to join the army and like enlist them. What's the word for that? Enrollment. I know there's a word. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. So they're using it as, yeah, like, like a recruitment tool. They're going to use the game as a recruitment tool, which I find a little bit bizarre. Um, but again, that's one side of the political spectrum stating because they don't want the game to come out to, uh, that it could be a recruitment tool. They've been saying about Call of Duty, Medal of Honor, and any other first person war shooter since the dawn of time because obviously people don't like video games um but i mean if you're going to make a video game about a war of course it's going to be a political statement the the one thing that they need to do especially if it's uh especially as it's based on a war that we are still fighting uh we as in like us uh and the americans um it's you need to do your best to try and not uh glorify what's going on over there you don't there were there was that missioning Call of Duty 4, where you enter an airport and you have to shoot everyone that's inside the airport. No Russian. That, yeah, no Russian. Yeah, that 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 is obviously something that you can skip past now, and it isn't something that you have to go through. If you're going to be giving people a weapon in a game, they are going to do obscene shit, record it, clip it, put it on social media, and obviously that's what families of the people who have been through this obviously don't want. But if you're making a video game about it, of course people are going to do that because people are fucking horrible in general. Um, so it's kind of you have to you have to try and make it tasteful uh, and that's a horrible word to put into a war game <laughs> but I think that's the only word that I can think of that tries to get across what I'm trying to say um, but trying to make yeah you're making a game uh, you're making a game about a war that we're still fighting yeah. and obviously it's, it's still an absolute travesty that we are still doing that because a, a lot of se- a lot of senses it wasn't a war that needed to be fought but then obviously the, from the other side i don't know i'm not a political guy so i could just be talking absolute bollocks at this point but it's 
you need to try and make it tasteful and you need to do it justice. And I think that's what we hope the people who are creating this are going to be doing. I mean, they've ended up interviewing hundreds of uh, veterans to make this game. So you think that is going to be a documentary style video game based on their experiences, which if they're going to go down that, that route, then this could be more of an education tool rather than a, uh, the rather than a recruitment one. Because a lot of people still will enjoy watching <clears throat> what happened. 70 years ago uh, in the Second World War, the, the First World War, which I think is probably 90 years ago now. I mean, my, my, my timing is completely off. I know this. Started in 1945 in the Second World War. So, yeah, my timing is way off. But, finished. Um, sorry, finished. Um, so, yeah, if you're, trying to, if you're trying to make a tasteful video game based on war, having hundreds of veterans come in and give their opinions and their experiences in there and then trying to take their experiences and make it into a tasteful game. That is more of an educational documentary style thing. I can get behind that. That's brilliant. I like that stuff because I want to learn more about that kind of thing. Um, jumping into the chat. Kohidux, uh, good morning. Welcome in. Oh, actually, before we jump in the chat, Flemon93, thank you for the follow. And Mr. Number One Pirate, who's about to get trashed on Sunday evening in the Battle of the Cyborgs <laughs> on twitch.tv forward slash the Vernimator. He's not, he's absolutely going to dick us, but still. Thank you very much for the host, Pirate. Welcome in. Good morning. Um, Mr. T says, oh no, it's Gary Clark. <laughs> Gary says, yes, we do need to jump on a call. Ben mentioned that a while back. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll all jump on the next one. Um, but Asim says, this game is not political, just like Boris Johnson has great hair. Sorry, Jory Sponson. Yeah, Jory Sponson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree. And I, I feel like... I, 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 I sympathise with, with the... Uh, with the devs, with the publishers. I can't remember who was it. Was it the dev or the publisher? I'm assuming the dev studio made the statement. Uh... Mm. Uh, publisher boss actually uh, uh, so Victura boss Peter Tante um, so well, I'll just say that if I said the dev or the publisher I mean either or whoever's made the statement I'll just do it all, as well all, all encapsulating, uh, encapsulating thing um, I kind of sympathise with them a little bit but I believe it's based on ignorance <laughs> so I don't necessarily yeah. believe that they were trying to be um, uh, controversial i just believe they're a little bit ignorant um and sometimes you can be innocent in ignorance so i don't believe they were trying to do anything malicious by saying no it's not political oh we want to take a, we don't want to undermine any of the story i think they would in their chase for profitability i.e creating a good boots on the ground game they've tried to keep away from anything that may rock the boat i.e the political side of things um but as as Druckmann said in his comments if you're making a game about something lean into it the fact that they've gone oh, actually we know this political unrest we know this side a and side b we know this this loss of life um gary clark with a posture check oh my bad <laughs> uh, so we know there's all of this stuff going on well you've chosen to replicate that period of time it, even if you don't make your core subjects be about the differences of opinions from each of the opposing sides you kind of really need to understand it if not get away um so we, we've said it in the past um we try to be um inclusive to anyone it doesn't matter uh, what your gender is uh, whether you're gender neutral your race what we don't try to do is have that conversation on the floor because i don't think we're good enough to have that conversation i don't know enough to fully respect everyone and i could say stuff that would put me in a horrendous position and put other people out so i try not to have those conversations because i know that i am not good enough to deliver that conversation properly mm -hmm. so i don't have that conversation that's what these should have been doing okay we don't know enough about six days in fallujah uh, well the battle of fallujah so let's just make 
another battle that didn't happen, that doesn't exist. We don't even need to go into what the story is and who the nations are in it. But no, they've chosen a specific battle that happened at a specific place, at a specific moment in time where people lost their lives and they've gone, actually, we don't really want to cover it. That's a political decision. You've, you've, by choosing to be ignorant of it, you've chosen to... They don't want to glorify it. And this is where the ignorance bit comes in. They didn't want to glorify the death. The fact that they're speaking to families and they wanted to create some sort of memoriam piece... Well, that's a political decision. It's a good. It's a nice decision from your perspective. Politically, that's a nice decision. Politically, from someone else's perspective, you are glorifying people that have been there to murder other people. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's political. It is hugely political. It's, it's. I don't. I don't. I don't resent them. I don't believe that they've done it to be assholes. <laughs> like I say, yeah. I believe it's it's an ignorance is bliss. They don't know enough, and because they don't know enough. They've just made themselves look like buffoons. I'm happy enough to say I don't know everything, um, so therefore I don't believe I'm qualified to talk about everything. Um, they, they kind of should, should should be doing that there. We're not making a Hollywood blockbuster video game off of it, though, are we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I mean, some may say the scoop is... Uh... <laughs> okay, okay, it's not quite the same. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as Vern just said, then Hollywood have been making billions off war movies for years. The game industry is no different. It is if you are on the outside of video games because it wasn't that long ago that apparently video games was the devil and it was causing kids to go into schools and shoot them up or rob people's cars on the street, beat them up or go to a prostitute and take the money. You know what I mean? It wasn't that long ago that these conversations was happening and they're still going now. Let's not forget that. Um, so trying to make a tasteful video game out of a war that's still happening is a very difficult task. I feel like the person who's doing the PR statements for this aren't doing a very good job of trying to put that across. Um, even, even uh, so the Hollywood comment, I fully agree with Vern's, but uh, Hollywood have been making billions. I remember Top Gun, one of the best movies of all time, very much focused on war. Um, that led to, we talked about uh, video games being recruitment tools. You could probably find stats on it online, uh, but, but recruitment for the US Air Force went up massively because everyone thought well i want to be tom cruise because it's glorifying being a pilot what you're doing is really telling people that you can fly around and shoot people to death uh, really but i mean don't get me wrong i still play call of duty i love boots on the ground games i loved top gun um but i'm aware that these have that political element with it and i can filter that out because i'm going into that with my own knowledge it's when games exactly say the opposite this is not political and it's like but it, mm-hmm. it is the, yeah. the issue isn't making the game and and not even glorifying war because um i played around with sticks as guns as a kid and run around shooting people with my machine gun noise and stuff i mean i, I always kind of there's always some glorifying of combat it's kind of human nature in essence that com- competition element of war rather than the murder death uh kill element of war but um, is that demolition one? It is, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Nice, nice. I appreciate the fact that you picked up on the reference, GG. Um, Thanks, mate. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I will play war games. And um, if, if I strip all of this this stuff back, the fact that they have that they want to make a game that focuses on the complexities of urban combat, that boots on the ground element, that sounds exceptional to me specifically. I love Call of Duty 4. Modern Warfare. I loved Modern Warfare 2. I can start to drop off after that. The idea of playing those games, that boots on the ground, there's no, like, uh, heat-seeking missile shields of death and, and stuff, and no exoskeleton wall running stuff. The idea of the game sounds incredible to me. It's just it's just the... It's, it's that 
sitting on the fence nature of, oh, we don't want to upset the apple cart. And it's like, but, but you are. You've chosen something yeah. that upsets. Just just don't choose six days in Fallujah. Just do have have it like um, six days in Jones Street or something like that. Pick pick your own town, your own place somewhere. Uh, yeah. Again, if you're choosing a if you're choosing a, a game based uh, if you're choosing to make a game based on an event that's of war <laughs> based around war, then it, it has to be. There's no way that you can spin it any other way. It is a political statement, regardless of whether or not you sit on one side of the fence or the other. If you're making it if you're making it a game about war, it is 110 percent. No other way of spinning it a political statement, regardless of uh, what the 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 concept of the game is it doesn't matter it is a war is based on politics that's the be all and end all so uh yeah, very odd um although factually uh and i'm quoting oh 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 bonsai i thank the lord for gaming haha bonsai i i thank you very much for the three month bonsai welcome back dude welcome in welcome hey. in uh thank the lord for gaming exactly exactly um yeah uh, to, to, to clarify politics isn't the bad thing here it's time or something like that i can't remember the actual quote but i remember a metal gear solid quote saying politics and nations and stuff aren't the real villains the villains are time it's time that changes as opposed to the politics and stuff mm -hmm. like that but, but anyway that's a deeper conversation that we're not going to go down there because i don't have enough of a rabbit hole as kojima does to go <laughs> falling down uh, that kind of well and um anyway let's jump back into the chat quickly um uh, without knowing uh, a jot about this this title, uh, it says Magic Man. The game alone suggests that it's political in nature. Uh, the title alone says it's political in nature. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not that it's a bad thing to make a game on a political matter. Uh, if it's done in a tasteful, respectful manner while educating the player on both sides of the spectrum, more than welcome, in fact. And and even that, you don't even necessarily need to be on both sides of the spectrum. You absolutely could make a game um, that holds one side of the spectrum as long as you're honest with yourself about it and, mm -hmm. and, and share that. I mean, obviously, if you're honest with yourself and open about it, that's it's a political decision to look at it from that side of the coin, but fair enough. I mean, if you, if you just sit on one side of the coin and aren't honest and open about it, that's propaganda. <laughs> that's a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you, you can be on both sides of the fence, side one or side two, um, mm -hmm. and absolutely make an exceptional game about it. How many games have we played through where we've been... Um, a British or an American person fighting against the enemy, um, um, or op for opposing forces and things like that. That's kind of political in itself. I mean, it tries to be depoliticized de when you change your enemy to op for, so you don't actually say um, Russians or whatever nation they want to pick as the enemy in this one. That tries to depoliticize it, but there's still political elements there by by getting rid of um, the opponents. That's kind of a political decision as well. But um, so like I said, there's nothing wrong with having real world elements. As Bibi said, people will still watch World War Two documentaries. I've been watching programs about serial killers over the last uh, few weeks and months on Netflix because they're really good. Um, yeah. Those are real life documentaries, um, and they are heavily, heavily filled with um, socio-economic, political standpoints, be it uh, gender inequalities and stuff like that. You see it all the way through uh, the eighty serial killer cases. That um, even like the UK one with the Ripper, and then the Night Stalker one in America. That the treatment of women and almost victim uh, blaming the victims for being 
don't I mean, there's all sorts of political standpoints in these stories, even if it's just I want to make a serial kill documentary. So it's these leaned into those though and uncovered those points. Whereas Fallujah doesn't sound like it's going to be doing that, but which is not a bad thing. But you just don't need to make it about Fallujah, or 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 you you just make it in Fallujah, but recognise that there is political connotations for doing that. And I think yeah. I think like I say, coming back to my original point, I don't think they've tried to be malicious. I don't think they're trying to sell us something that that isn't um, what they're trying to deliver. I I just think that that Peter Tamty probably hasn't um, thought it through or had the PR training to the extent of um, what those words mean. By saying it's not a political um, commentary, it's it's quite a statement, particularly in today's times when we're realising over the last 10 years how much any form of commentary has, the implications of your words and actions be it in a war situation or be it in social environments. Um, I think by trying to excuse yourself from those situations, you kind of, on one sense, say, look, I, I don't care enough to really look into it. <laughs> I just want to make yeah. the money, which, like I said, not a bad thing. Just just be aware of what you're saying. Well, like the, original, the Medal of Honor 1 and Medal of Honor Underground both had... I definitely, definitely in the first one, Underground, I'm 95% sure. But they had uh, video footage of what was going on in the war at the time. So it was like you were playing through separate missions as James Patterson. Uh, I don't I don't think it was... <laughs> I don't think the, there was actually a, a part of the war where a particular person was dressed up in a Nazi uniform, showing them the papers, and then managed to go through a door and try and kill Hitler I don't think that was ever the case I don't think it was based on any one particular person but as you finished a level a cutscene would play and it would educate you about what happened in this part of the world and this part of the world that was very very tasteful it was a very good game it was uh, yeah it it's definitely etched itself in the war games of uh, war games of history like it's it will forever be talked about. Is this going to be the that kind of game? Is this going to be a game in 20 years' time that we're going to be saying this was uh, as good an educational tool as the original Medal of Honor games? I, I'm not too sure. Um, judging by what the PR statements come out from the people who are making it, probably not. <laughs> but I hope that all the time and effort of the veterans that have given their experiences of this war to the cameras to try and give the the teams a full picture of what went on uh, i don't know if it was in this article or other ones that i've been reading but apparently the game was like 80 percent game and then 20 percent documentary so that you could watch all of the um videos of the veterans who were given their fast impressions experiences on what the game could be and uh, what they went through i hope that's all included as well because it would give a nice concept of what all of this is about because i have zero idea about what happened to Volusia. So this again would be an educational tool for me, if anything. Yeah, I mean, even if they didn't have all of that in, just saying, um, okay, we have chosen to look at uh, saying what your specific elements are and lean into that. If you don't want to know about the, the sides and why, Okay, that is that's a political decision there to, to keep away of it. Um, but there's a reasoning for that. But then, what are you doing? Okay, we want to look at boots on the ground. How do you know that? 
But how do you know what that situation is? How do you know what each one of those soldiers went through with their boots on the ground? You spoke to those soldiers. Did you just speak to American soldiers? Mm -hmm. If you did, that's a political decision. Is that just because they're the only ones that you're can access fine but you're still only covering one side of the story have you spoken to the other side and see what their sort of situations are um because all of that i mean that's that's very very important details that are almost kind of if you're ignorant to the point of they are like i said not maliciously but the, the level of ignorance is we just want to make a boots on the ground scenario okay you need to know what the buildings were like what the atmosphere was like what the noise was like um were, were there any lulls in the attacks or was it just a constant barrage were you looking straight forward for people or were you getting flanked from all of the angles um all of those accounts have to come from soldiers the soldiers that they want to uh, memorialize uh, in essence in this mm -hmm. i mean memorializing soldiers what on both sides just one side because that's a political decision as well so uh, yeah it's it's not a bad thing uh wanting to create a game that has realistic war elements we all want to increase our realism um if not we'd still still be playing uh, that tank game on the atari that's enough war for me but no we want to be immersed and we want to be the guy running around with boots on the ground we want those saving private ryan sort of explosions and and beach running stuff and we want to do all of that because we want the immersion mm. but not the danger um and the best way of getting that immersion is is first-hand accounts but like i said the way even down to the way that you collect that information is um is political uh, and and yeah. Do you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in it because I've said it about six times. I don't believe they were trying to be ignorant. Uh, be There was no malice. It was just trying to make a realistic game, but don't realise that by trying to not be political, that in itself is political. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Um, there was a comment from David. I think he said the same thing, actually, as me. Where was it? There we go. It's not just video games that get accused. Top Gun was accused of being a recruitment film for the US Air Force because the first Gulf War was getting ready to kick off. Um it didn't help that it was shown and there was a spike in people signing up around the time the film came out. Exactly, exactly. Um, great, great, great man to think alike, by the way. There you go, me, me who's sending noise. Um, so it's 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 not just video games. Movies can do the same um, and movies will do. And there's nothing wrong. Don't make a political statement on it. If, you, if you're ignorant to the point where you don't think it's political, then you probably don't understand that conversation anyway. And you are just trying to make bang, bang, shooty fun and trying to not realise trying to keep away from everything but just just don't just don't even have that conversation if you're not equipped to have a conversation about it not being political then just don't have that conversation <laughs> i think it's the easiest way to get away not that i excuse it but there you go um still bonsai says love war games still play the battlefield games now did anyone else like the series uh, band of brothers I don't think I watched Band of Brothers, um, but I know it. I know it was on. Was it like ITV-ish or something like that? But yeah, I remember it. Uh, Madge says loved it. Um, incredible series. Brother in uh, Brothers in Arms, a fantastic war game too. Um, David says I loved it. Uh, me and my dad used to watch it every Christmas when it was on BBC. Oh, there you go, BBC. There you go. Nice. Um, from Call of Duty Two, Carantan uh, sequence being historically accurate mostly, and then Band of Brothers putting it into TV. The pair of them made that moment uh, in history very real for the gamer slash viewer. Uh, as you know, both were heavily based on actual photos, and that's that's the thing though. Like how how incredible is that? But you kind of have to go into that, know that uh, knowing that you are playing through a pre-specified narrative, and that narrative itself is politically charged. Are you going through that as um, the shooty or the shooter? Because uh, each one comes with a different political angle. They are in the same fight, but they are 
two different stories that just converge at that one point and that's 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 the thing uh, very much like shaving ryan's privates exactly uh, although that that's a very different film <laughs> um crap wrong one <laughs> gg bonsai um do you know what after hearing those comments from uh bonsai in the chat about shaving ryan's privates i feel like my everyday life has been shaken which leads me nicely in to the next story hey uh there we go. Uh, Tom Ivan at VGC says, Silent Hill creator wants to theme his next game around everyday life being shaken. Uh, Keiichiro Toyama discusses his decision to leave Sony and form his own studio. Um, Silent Hill, Siren, and Gravity Rush creator Keiichiro Toyama has shared new details about the debut game from his newly formed studio. Fuzzy Harp, thank you very much for the uh, for the host. Good morning. Thank you very much for the follow the other day as well. Appreciate you being here. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll start that again. Silent Hill, Siren, and Gravity Rush creator Keiichiro Toyama has shared new details about the debut game from his newly formed studio. In December, Toyama announced his departure from SIE Japan Studio to form Boki Game Studio, which he established with Junior Akura, lead designer on the Gravity Rush series, and Kozunabu Sato, uh, lead designer of PS3 exclusive Puppeteer. In a video game published on Monday, Toyama elaborated on his decision to leave Sony and discussed the inspiration behind his next game. Quote, games have become bigger and better these past few years. That's a very simplified quote. They've become bigger and better for the last 20 years, but there you go. Uh, so games have become bigger and better these past few years, he said. The audience has become wider, especially for companies like Sony, where I was. However, rather than reaching to the widest audience possible, my games choose their audience in a way. Uh, and my games choose their audience in a way. I, In the end, I am confident that they leave a trace. Um... Continuing, uh, continuing the quote, I aspire to make IPs that fans can enjoy 10, 20 years after they're released, as I want to keep achieving this under the right conditions. I felt it was a necessity to have my own studio. Toyama's next game will be a horror action adventure title, which is targeting a multi-platform release in 2023. Quote, regarding our first game, I have multiple directions for my works, he said. Uh, the one I took is quite dark, far uh, from my more recent titles it's like i'm coming back to my roots for example towards horror my ideas were starting to go in that direction uh, this is where i'm taking my first title however rather than something deeply rooted in horror i want to keep an entertainment note while keeping elements from horror i want the player to feel exhilarated when playing the game the view i have of horror is the everyday life being shaken he continued rather than showing thing uh, sh rather than showing scary things it should question our position. Make us challenge the fact that we're living peacefully. Uh, I like bringing this type of thoughts into my concepts. I would like that to be the theme of my next game. Toyama said he regularly reads comics for entertainment and has taken inspiration uh, from the death game genre in which protagonists are forced to take part in bloody battles for survival. Think Battle Royale or Hunger Games. Uh, these works tend to add entertainment to somewhat brutal worlds, he said. I enjoy these works and often read them. I naturally took that approach. You have these regular people driven to irrational situations. They're on the edge emotionally while dealing with action or drama. This influenced me, and I think it will show in my next game. So Keichiro Toyama wants everyday life being shaken uh, as the core content of his next game. Uh, obviously, he is the Silent Hill creator. But what are your thoughts on that, Bib? Uh, one of one of the biggest things that I could take away from this is what he stated the genre of the game is going to be a horror action adventure. So that kind of 
have I seen a horror action adventure before? That 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 for me feels like it's uh, the kind of until dawnish type of game, rather than it being a survival horror game like we're used to seeing with the likes of Silent Hill and Resident Evil and Siren for that part. Um, so the horror action adventure that's that's very. I, I imagine this is probably going to be. Mm, like yeah very much like until dawn where you're just going to be given options to be able to take your character through whatever it is that they're going to be going through rather than you actually controlling the character to a degree uh for the entire game i think it is going to be a decision based horror game yeah not too dissimilar from the likes of uh until dawn or the, what are the other ones that the that came out little monster was it little no little hope something along those lines um, I, can't, I can't remember, but yeah, uh, like in Detroit, so it's always going to be very um, actiony, but decision making stuff, and I think that's what it's going for, which is which is great, really. If he's taking inspiration from F game, which again, like a battle royale or Hunger Games, are we going to be getting different alternative endings, or is it just going to be one straight? You can choose different branches, but you all lead to the same place. Or is it going to be you can play the game seven or eight times and have different endings? I'm very excited to see what the, what comes of this. Um, what were the three words that you said that it covered? I'm looking for the quote. Horror here. action adventure. Horror action adventure. That's like someone's just gone through the games awards list and gone. Okay, we <laughs> we could we'd like a horror game award. We'd like an action game award, and we'd like an adventure game. There's, there's also yeah. action adventure, so maybe we'll take all of the awards. Nice. It's, it's very odd. Uh, it's a very odd genre of game to be able to go into. Uh, I can't. I, I'm, I'm going to Google it. Horror action adventure and see what kind of games come up. I do like, I, uh, I do like World the, War Z. the idea of, um, I suppose, horror action adventure. Maybe even Days Gone. Does that class as that? Is is that horror with all of the zombie-ishness? Or is uh, I don't know. I've not played it, so I don't know if there's any horror, like truly horrific elements. Um, I'd imagine. I've just, I've just typed horror action adventure games, and it's it separates everything else. Because like the best horror games, the best action adventure games, and I can't seem to find one that actually has that kind of style of game. But I mean that you could suggest that horror action adventure games would be personal to some like your your idea of action horror uh, horror action adventure game would be completely different to mine um but yeah it, it feels like two weird genres of games being put together it could work um i'm excited to be put into a, a very horror style setting again i've mentioned it three or four times but i think until dawn would probably be the one that sticks out the most because uh, it is based around horror and gore and death and and then you are playing an action game whilst being on an adventure <laughs> i don't know it's i can't really categorize any game as that but i, I think probably <clears> the one that i can well, it would be on the i'm gonna sit on the fence but it's either one side of the fence is there's a reason these are two separate genres or the other side of the fence is well that's yeah. that's clearly a gap in the market this this is a, two successful genres that haven't been successfully linked before so it, Mm. It could work. It could work. We will see. We will see. I mean, Kichira Toy Toyama has had successes. I mean, Silent Hill is a moderately successful franchise, I suppose. So yeah, he, he knows what. Yeah. It, that, well, there you go. David. Yeah. David's David got a good comment in the chat. It's almost like Shaun of the Dead with zom rom com, uh, zombie romance comedy. Yeah, I mean, Shaun of the Dead was an exceptional film as well. Really, really good. Um, 
No one was scared of that, though. I don't know anyone who was ever scared. <laughs> that, that could never be classed as horror. Yeah, but that's it's it's, it's the zombie flick, though, isn't it? Mixing zombie flicks with romance and comedy. You could have a zombie comedy, um, or you could have uh, romantic comedies, but adding the zombie romance and comedy in one thing was kind of like a... How the fuck do you get a love story whilst you're taking the piss and the zombies and stuff coming around? I mean, at one point, you've got... Um, don't stop me now. People smacking yeah. the crap out of a zombie with a cricket bat and whatever in the middle of... Uh, is it the Winchester? Is that what it was called? Pilkey. Pilkey. Is it Pilkey? Okay. Didn't, didn't, Pilkey. didn't one of them have a, a, a cricket bat as well? Or, or is that... Yeah, that was like where he goes to save Liz from her apartment. No, okay. Um, I've seen that film way too many times. <laughs> I've, not, I've not seen it for about best part of a five years maybe maybe even longer um, at least once a month Samantha will put it on because she always watches films to go to bed and it's always a film that she's seen a billion times so she can fall asleep too and it's yeah that is definitely up there as one of the films that she puts on all the time it's a good film good film um, I've never been into Silent Hill it always felt a bit of a B-Tech resi to me uh, does anyone anyone want to statement anyone want to ban Gary forever <laughs> forever no no, no. it's a full statement to make um no, I can kind of see that. If if you've never never played it like properly, or did or did you play it? Did you play it? Um, I I would say Silent Hill for me went full on like weird. Like when I say like weird, obviously the the, the game revolves around um, a siren and fog and the whole world changing, and you you suddenly in in. Uh, this fucking weird place it's the same but not the same 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 but very different um yeah. and then you've got fucking bobblehead nurses and and uh pyramid head stuff and and it's always been weird but as the silent hill games went on it leaned even more into the the unknown uh the stuff that that the more like the more japanese input obviously the the cultural inputs that made silent hill so incredible with the japanese elements but i think for me as uh obviously a kid of the uk the first game was the right balance of of uh local and foreign um content and themes but then as it went on it went to more foreign that it kind of got lost on me a little bit more then so yeah i'd yeah. i'd i literally just took the words out of my mouth i was gonna say resident evil and silent hill are two completely different survival horror games one's based on fighting hordes of zombies uh, with very limited ammo and health and then the other one is literally all about psychological horror uh, and how how weird the mind can be or especially the people who've made it uh, in team silence so yeah it's I'd, I'd class them as two different sides of the coin I, mean, I won't put them both together i'd be interested to see whether silent hill if i played that a few years older whether it had more um, resonate so so obviously I it, I was too young to play when it came out but still played it anyway um, and then as the games went on they got progressively more psychological in their nature and mm -hmm. in their themes and so on and maybe I just wasn't equipped enough to fully appreciate those more like not that I'm saying Resident Evil's better uh, at all but Resident Evil probably does resonate with younger audiences a bit more because it's more based on on that yeah, that gonna shoot shit yeah exactly um so, so basically, what we're saying is, when it comes to horror games, Resident Evil is for simpletons, the, the most simplest people in the world, like Resident. I agree. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree, and I'm a fan of both franchises. I, I think Resident Evil is definitely more accessible in that in that department when it comes to survival horror. 
Um, Silent Hill. I was definitely far too young to appreciate what Silent Hill was doing at the time. I still played through it, and I still absolutely. I've got them on my shelf up here. Well, um, they're all fantastic games. It's they they are two completely different games. So like, there's no way that you can even bundle them close together. Um, I I do want to go back and play Silent Hill. I've got Silent Hill three. I think three is my favourite one. Um, I've got Silent Hill three installed on my PC at the moment. Um, I haven't got around to playing it again yet, but it's. They are two completely different games. There's no way that you can even put them in the same category. Yeah, yeah. Um, LaRoche, good morning. Welcome in, dude. How's things? Um, Asim says, Silent Hill 2 is a stone-cold classic, genuinely superb. Silent Hill went downhill for me uh, and many after for the room. 1-3 were very, very... No, I, I agree. I think it's kind of that point. It, it, it was from 4-ish onwards. I mean, I can't even remember... Um, the ordering after that because it was just it felt like it was either too weird or not fully thought through like i said maybe i'm partially to to blame for that for not really being equipped to deal with it but yeah definitely i'd say so but then again so did resi but do you know what they're both coming back so we'll have some of that as well as the both coming back obviously keichiro tayama himself um is making something different this action adventure horror slasher shooter first person a post-apocalyptic every genre made style game that's not that many by the way um was it action horror adventure uh, horror action adventure yeah so i mean it will be interesting to see interesting to see still very 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 early days if they're only talking about it loosely now then um yeah they've not gone gold on anything from the sounds of things so we'll, we'll keep you updated with the story as it progresses but it's it's nowhere near uh to be talked about at this point anyway um Bonsai says, "Yep, them games are a no from me." It's Silent Hill is much scarier than Resident Evil, by the way, like a million times more. Yeah, scary. It's, I mean, like it's different things, though, isn't it? Like, like you say, like the idea of being trapped in a dark building in a town that you can't even see six meters in front of you because of the. Uh, the fog and then these these creatures that you can't even tell what they are when you can finally see them let them let alone hearing them before you can see them and and so on but then there's a different fear of having an absolute man mountain following you around this uh, precinct that you've not you, you're yeah. not even supposed to be there so there's there's different forms of fear in there um, but yeah for, i i would say silent hill's more terrifying fear uh, whereas Resident Evil's more shit. <laughs> fear. Silent Hill's a fear of the unknown. Resident Evil, and you know what you're going to be coming up against. Fair enough. There may be a tyrant or a different type of zombie or something like that. But at the end of the day, it's still the undead. It's still a, it's still a zombie-ish concept. Whereas Silent Hill, you have no idea what the hell was going to be coming. Um. Uh, da, 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 da. David says, "I didn't know Stone Cold Steve Austin played Silent Hill." Well, there you go. It's 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 a, it's a Stone Cold classic. Um. Gary says, my point is that Resi was the pinnacle and Silent Hill, in my opinion, uh, was trying too hard to be different, but similar at the same time. Well, see, the issue there, Gary, is that you've had an opinion. You're not allowed one of those. The opinion that we I share... I don't believe it. <laughs> the opinion that we share is the one that you will have. Uh, no, that, make, that makes sense. It makes sense. Um, Silent Hill wasn't trying to be Resi, says Asim, went down the Japanese horror route. Um, Bonsai says, that, uh, that when you know... Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that when you know the well made that you actually make your crap yourself. Uh, LaRoche says, Yep, far too scary for me, too. <laughs> to be honest, Crash Bandicoot is scary for me, too. It says LaRoche. Well, there you go. <laughs> Maybe keep away from Silent Hill. Um, uh, 
Um, people don't like opinions. Uh, well, you know what they say? Opinions are like things that only me and Billy have on the scoop. You guys are just, just here just to give numbers and not share your thoughts and impressions. No, absolutely, absolutely. P opinions are like the butthole. Uh, everyone has them and they always stick. No, it's not. That's not what it is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move ahead. Let's move ahead. Um, do you know what? From one game and uh, spiritual successes, Kiichiro Toyama, his next game. I mean, will it be a spiritual successor to Silent Hill? Maybe in some forms. Uh, but let's talk about a different spiritual successor. And let's high five the gamer again who featured on the scoop. Uh, do you know what? I think we're at the point where we can stop shouting them out now because they're, they're hitting the ball out of the park so consistently. We'll just accept that the gamer is a publication that will be featured on Ice Cream Plus pretty often. Uh, Sam Watanuki at the gamer says, Inst no. "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." Um, Instinction aims to be the spiritual successor to Dino Crisis. Woo! Interesting. Instinction. An upcoming title from Hashbane Interactive looks to fill the gaping hole, Easy Tiger, in the uh, dinosaur survival horror genre. It's been 20, uh, well, nearly 20 years since the last Dino Crisis game was released, uh, Dino Crisis 3, in 2003, uh, with fans of the survival horror franchise clamouring for some sort of remake or remaster, especially with the release of the next-gen consoles. Fans' prayers may have been answered as Instinction, an upcoming title from Hashbane Interactive, looks to fill... <laughs> said it again. Looks to fill the gaping hole in the, uh, uh, in the dinosaur survival horror genre. My God, that's too... Times we've had gaping hole mentioned already. Yeah. This is the last time we will feature the gamer on Ice Cream Upwards. <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. Instinction is a semi... They're on with it again. All of the words. God. Instinction is a semi-open world adventure that will feature exploration of natural locations, puzzles, missions, and immersive combat against terrifying prehistoric creatures... Dinosaurs. Uh, the game unabashedly touts a motto of being the spiritual successor to the Dino Crisis series for the modern gaming era, taking, quote, advantage of adaptive trigger and haptic feedback support from the next-gen consoles. So that, when you pull a bow back, you can feel the, the, the string getting a bit... Ha oh, okay, that's it. Never mind. Um, a teaser trailer was posted to no YouTube. Way. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit play on the, tra the trailer, by the way, so feel free to keep your eyes on that as I'm reading. Um, a teaser trailer was posted to YouTube over the weekend, showing off the title screen, a loading screen, and a few seconds of gameplay, which ultimately didn't reveal much about the game, if anything. What we do know is that Instinction will feature interchangeable first and third person perspectives as they journey through the dangerous prehistoric world discovering secrets and trying to stay alive, a feat that will be easier said than done. As players uncover the secrets of the world and begin to understand why they are there, they'll begin to descend into inner self-doubt that will test their resolve, relationships and push them to the darkest corners of their minds. Nothing like losing your mind and battling your inner, inner demons while fending off dinosaurs, right? Hey. Um, thankfully, you won't necessarily have to take on the terror alone. As Instinction will support both solo and co-op gameplay, you'll also be able to upgrade and customise your weapons along the way with various skins and attachments. We wanted what many gamers wanted, a modern take on an age-old cult classic, a dinosaur survival game with modern mechanics and a compelling story. After 20 years waiting, we had no choice... Uh, but to make one ourselves, and it had to be amazing so as to pay homage to the original with full mod support for the community, the studio stated in a press release. Uh, despite not knowing much more about Instinction, it looks beautiful, next-gen ready. Uh, is it going to hit the mark with fans as a spiritual successor to Dino Crisis? Maybe. Uh, we'll hopefully find out next year, though, as Dino Crisis 2022 was the subject line of the press email that was sent indicating a tentative 2022 release. Woo! Big, 
Mm. Big shoes to fill if they want to step into that Dino Crisis void. Um, that said, from what you can see in this press release, and that's the point of the press release, is that it looks pretty tasty. Uh, speaking mm. about pretty tasty, Bibby's just got some food. Nice. Uh, what are we eating, Bib? <laughs> uh, Samantha's just brought in some pancakes. Hey, happy pancake day. Nice. Nice. Um, what are your thoughts on Dino Crisis 2022? Uh well, instinction, but what are your thoughts, babe? Uh, if this isn't the kick up the ass that Capcom needed to remake Dino Crisis, uh, now they've got a comp- now they've got some competition, then I'm all for it. I mean, I'm excited to see what the first person and third person aspect of this is going to be. Uh, the trailer looks great. Uh, I, I literally can't wait. It's going to. Uh, I love survival horror games. Dino Crisis was fantastic. We're not going to talk about anything after Dino Crisis 2 because it went severely downhill. I didn't even realise they'd released a Dino Crisis 4 until last year. Um, and that I looked at the gameplay, that would look like a bag of shit. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, 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 the, we've been asking for a Dino Crisis remake for feels like the longest time and obviously they've been doing it with Resident Evil, but yeah, if we could get a new Dino Crisis, that'd be great. If there was, a, if there was ever going to be a new Dino Crisis, this is going to be the way to get it. By having someone going to do it before they do, so yeah, can't wait. I may have been blowing my nose. It's fun. I'm back. Um, Did you ever play one? Um, oh, Dino Crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just the first one. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, but I mean, that was kind of it had dinosaurs in, and I was a Jurassic Park kid, so it was kind of mm. it was it was an easy sell for me, even without um, the horrorish element. Anyway, I played all of mm. the Jurassic Park games. Um, so, yeah, it, it was good enough for me. Now that I have evolved in terms of what I would like from a game, I, I'm i I'm not a survival person, but I'm kind of on the periphery. I will watch Daisy streams and think, oh, I love the idea. I love the, that mm-hmm. feeling of... The, the same feeling that I get from PUBG, but on steroids. Uh, everything is bigger and longer and drawn out, but has more risk to it. The thing about PUBG is you start... start as a naked man, not 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 literally, uh, but then by the end of it, you've got all of this arsenal. You're level three out of your mind, and you are risking that 25, 30 minutes of gameplay in every fight you get into. If you win it, you continue with better loot, potentially. Uh, if you lose it, all of it is for nothing, and it's all gone. And survival horror is that. Survival games, the daisies, um, and and even, I mean, Valheim, I'd imagine, uh, to some extent, has that, and, and Rust and all these other games that require hours and hours and hours of grind it's, it's a bigger build-up to a more climactic loss it's just maybe too much there's, there's not it's just not refined enough for me and i don't know it could be visually it could be visually if we got a triple a survival game then that might pull me in it like it might be enough to just tip me over the edge i'm teetering on the edge of wanting to play survival games this looks good. This could mm-hmm. be what pulls me into it. Um, if it doesn't get absolutely kiboshed by Capcom, who we did have rumours last year that uh, Dino Crisis could be coming back. That was entirely based on the easiest form of rumour uh, mill generation, um, which was copyrights, basically, uh, and trademarks. Mm-hmm. Capcom renewed their trademarks and copyrights for Dino Crisis, so everyone's like, that's it, there's no games! No, what they mean is they're trying to keep hold of the brands that they own and yep. not let anyone else do it. This either um, goes by and gives Capcom the spur that they need. This makes Capcom shit a brick um, and change things. But then again, it could make Capcom 
stand up and take notice. Um, that's what happened with Daymare, wasn't it? Uh, Daymare was a, a spiritual yeah. successor to Resident Evil. Um, Capcom, yeah. rather than just squashing it, came in, um, made them keep their distance, but also invited them into the offices, into the studios, to, to HQ to give them insight mm-hmm. and, and so on. So, I mean, well, the Daymare guys was making on a remaster of Resident Evil Two. Bin that off and then brought them in to do make work or something else instead, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, which, if Capcom have seen that Daymare guys, uh, the guys that worked on Daymare have led to, well, I mean, now we have Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 3 remake. Yeah. Um, co- this could be that. This could be the different version of that. The difference is this looks pretty well developed already at this point. Um, so, yeah, you kind of have to think, like, will that be a case of are these guys going to drop their tools and help probably not not if they've got something that looks like it's good you can't see tempt i mean a temtem suddenly going to go um mm. yeah we'll stop developing because pokemon company have reached out to us <laughs> no no we've got we've got money on our hands so yeah anyway it's good it's good for me i would like to see a survival dinosaur game give me give me arc survival evolved but but not as as arc looking my my issue with arc and my issue with Rust, and my issue with Daisy uh, and the rest is they, they look kind of like PUBG. PUBG looks so much better than they do. Um, but then again, PUBG doesn't look as good as Modern Warfare uh, Remastered. Mm. Uh, not Modern Warfare Remastered, but uh, the, yeah, the new COD mod, uh, Modern Warfare. You, you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. okay. mean, it all comes down to what, what you prefer. Mm. I mean, I, I could easily go back and play Dino Crisis now because it's just... Resident Evil, literally, the buttons are exactly the same. It's Resident Evil, but with dinosaurs rather than zombies. Like everything else still works. Like their first aid sprays, they had guns. You had to find ammunition. It was all puzzle based. Like it was literally a carbon copy. Um, so yeah, I mean, if I could get more of that shit, I mean, I, it, this is why I was playing Resident Evil mods. Like I love the concept of playing old Resident Evil games. I'm just finding new ways to be able to play them because nobody else is making them anymore, which is an absolute travesty. How there's l- less games now than with tank controls. I know we've evolved, and Resident Evil 4 revolutionised the way that we play these types of games with the over-shoulder camera. Give us some fucking tank games, man. Um, see, I... Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. I appreciate it. That's nice. That's what we're here for. Um, I... Yeah, I'm I'm lost with with the... I like watching the, uh, the mod stuff, because I could watch you play mods, because I know what you bring to the table and what the mods bring to you. Whereas for me... Um, that older feel doesn't uh, mm. attach to me. I, I'm I'm not a retro gamer because it's old and it's it's worn and it's weathered and there's it's been superseded. Yeah. Give me give me the uh, the latest thing. So that's that's I wouldn't go back and play Dino Crisis now. I pro- I possibly could, but I probably be like I did be a feeling of this is nice, but it's not what it was at the time. <laughs> Whereas give me Dino Crisis that looks like um, Instinction, then yeah maybe maybe yeah. that's my kind of thing. Uh, give me both. Exactly, exactly. Let's have them all. Uh, Gary says, 20 years, effing hell. Yeah, 20 years since Standard Crisis. Well, um, 18 years since Standard Crisis, but almost 20. Um, and there's been a gaping hole in dinosaur survival horror genre since then. I don't know if you heard that. There's a gaping hole, uh, as we were pointed out from Sam Watanuka. As David says, was he watching porn while writing this article? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, number one pirate says, that's definitely what you want. Something to fit your gaping hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, finally got the Predator skin in Fortnite, says Enix. Is it something you unlock or is it something you purchase? Because uh, 
we've just been watching Terminator films, and I know there was like the Terminator skin the other day, and I was like, mm, I'd like that now, but I just I'm just not going to pay for it because it's not going to replace Kylo Ren or the Mandalorian. So there you go, or Iron Man. Uh, Gaping Hole and Semi in the same article. This writer clearly had something else on his mind when writing <laughs> this. Uh, Bonsai says he was definitely distracted. Um, Jenkins, hey, welcome in, Jenkins. How's things? How's things? Oh, if you don't know who Jenkins is, by the way. Um, he you should do. Uh, yeah, you should do. You absolutely should do. If if he he isn't streaming at the moment, um, you can still get exceptional content. Jenkins' gift game is second to none. Check out Jenkins <laughs> on Twitter and just look through his media. His his, his gifts are world class, world class. GG Jenkins. Um, uh, Graham is an easy outtake, bro. <laughs> Don't know what you mean. <laughs> uh, trying to buy a PS5 online uh, is my type. <laughs> there we go. Trying to buy a PS5 online is my type of survival horror game. GG on that, by the way. <laughs> uh, I've got two. Got two. They, were, they went on sale again this morning um, when I was in bed. So nice. There they've got. Not that I need another one, but still. Um, there's a reason Daisy looks like PUBG. Uh, there is a reason why Daisy looks like PUBG. That's true. Um, are you boys doing Q&A sometimes, says LaRoche? It would be cool to open out for people to ask your opinions on stuff, unless you do that, uh, and I'm being a tit. I mean, we we kind of incorporate Q&A into the scoop, but, I mean, it's something that we could do, Q&A content, in terms of... Someone actually want to ask us questions, though? I mean, we, we do welcome questions all the time. I mean, there is even a... Um, ask a question, uh, channel points, uh, redemption option. But, I mean, if that is something that, that would make separate content then i mean q a for us is is really easy to put forward because we just turn up and you ask the questions <laughs> Ta-da! It's, yeah. as social media content goes and and as twitch content goes q a is, is is super easy so if that's something that that you guys would be interested in we could definitely do that um how would you want that though would you want that as in like would you want a q a based on a specific theme or a specific genre a specific topic or is it just just like an ama rock up and ask all the questions. How would you? <laughs> I don't think people cared about our opinions that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had, you had. I mean, it still blows my mind that people turn up to this show every morning. But here we are. <laughs> you had fifteen hundred people watching you swing half a golf club around yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeehaw! Good afternoon. Welcome in, dude. Uh, Madge says, "Baby, you need to check out the Outbreak series games on PS4. Those are certainly tank control resi homage titles." Agreed. Um, I was going to buy it on my Nintendo Switch, but Switch tax. Uh, is what it is, and it's about £15 dearer than it is on Steam. Uh, on Steam, I think it's only like four or five quid, so I'll probably end up picking it up on there as well. I only actually come across that last week, and I don't know who it was that tweeted it. Um, I think it might have been the Residents of Evil guys that tweeted it, that tweeted about it, so I checked it out, and it definitely is uh, my kind of game. It, it's, it, it's a survival horror game that's been built in Unreal. Zombies don't move particularly well. I definitely still think that they move better on PlayStation 1, but yeah, it, for what it is, um, I definitely will be giving it a go on that. Um, jumping back to the Predator skin, you unlock it if you kill him in Stealthy Stronghold. You unlock the skin. Need to do it soon, though, if you want it. Well, I probably need a fire squad to come in and uh, get him down to 1% health so I can finish it off. Nice. There you go. <laughs> uh, Jenkins says, order and payment confirmed. Waiting for the shipping confirmation, but I'm positive to receive a PS5 in under a week. Nice. Nice. GG. GG. Survival horror finished. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. LaRoche says, would be good to maybe drive it through the Discord, ask some questions in the Discord, and then others could chip in live. Hmm. 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 I'm, hmm. Open, I'm open to that one. I mean, um, we'll look at putting... Very brief one. Yeah, we'll look at putting something together in Discord, see if we get uh, enough questions dropped in in there, but definitely an idea. Um, 
Uh, Laroche redeemed ask a question. <laughs> Feel free to ask in the Discord, obviously. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, Outbreak is terrible, really, really bad, but you might like it. I mean, if it's terrible and really, really bad, then it's absolutely quite high up on the list of games that Bibby will play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh uh what do you think of sports games like olympics and rugby uh international track and field was obviously amazing but nothing has been a patch on it um i i i would kill for a good rugby game i played um i was an ea game i think in about 2003 based on rugby and loved it until i realized that it was extremely exploitable um even on the most highest difficulty you could just just like run your way through the game it was it wasn't as quality control checked as football games and so on so i'd love the idea of playing um a rugby union game uh which i know i'm not supposed to say being a northerner it should be league but but rugby union just not very good and and the olympics the games olympics game i played a long ago what's that i think Koch, Super League. i think Koch media have done some some rugby games as well um but they've not they've just they've been Games that fill a gap, I think, is the best way to say it. I don't, I don't, I don't really. Yeah, they're, they're not critically acclaimed. Um, so yeah, I, I'd love the idea, of it. and I love the idea of an Olympics game. My issue with an Olympics game is, bar Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, <laughs> has there or are we Olympics? Um, has there been anything that's really good? Ah, you, you get, yes. you get them, but they tend to be sixty quid games whilst the olympics is on and then they just disappear because they're absolute cash-ins they might have something decent about yeah. them but i mean track and field obviously was mentioned already so that one that one that one gets a daily uh, a daily uh, it's just a daily thompson <laughs> olympics there uh, that gets a free pass track and field is class uh, i will have no one saying any other um anything else from that but like more recently uh london 2012 was an unbelievable game and it's definitely so it means samantha played that game too much to consider to say it's such an old game that london 2012 was a phenomenal game especially back in the day when we used to be able to have people around your house and you'd play four player uh there was like table tennis and obviously the javelin the high jump and stuff like that they were london 2012 was probably it, it for me it was miles better than international track and field and i loved track and field That's my two pence. That's my disgusted face. Better than international track and field. Woo! Yeah. Okay, there, there is yeah. a debate that's already started in the chat that I would have liked to have asked, but it's already been asked. Well, kind of asked. Uh, Enix uh, says, um, putting your shirt over your finger. Uh, that's a reference to track and field. Everyone had different techniques. Do you know, only working on um, social media for Konami and, and having conversations over the years around track and field, have I realised how many different ways there was that people uh, <laughs> did that. Like, I just well, assumed, go to way. I mean, my I originally, when I was a full-on noob, was just like um, index finger, middle finger, circle X, circle X, circle X, circle X. But then after a while, did the, um, like, pulling the, the sleeve down over my fingers so I could slide it nice and easy. I then realized that turning your thumb upside down or using your finger, nail, because obviously it's rounded a bit, slides easier. Um, mm -hmm. But, but yeah, people do it all sorts of different ways having a spoon having a teaspoon is is apparently exceptionally op i mean i would never have thought of teaspoon game but but there you go next time you're playing track and field go come up deodorant can <laughs> deodorant can <laughs> deodorant can was my go-to i haven't got one in here but uh i'll use me i'll use my uh my cup are you ready 
<laughs> That's some great action. But deodorant can you can proper it because it's obviously it's a very thin aerosol can in it, so you can just proper get a good purchase in the hands and just. Uh, Gary says a spoon. The fuck? Like, well, like, this is not a spoon that will work. These are my coffee measuring spoons for my coffee machine over there. But um, a normal spoon, I'll use the bigger one so you can see it a bit clearer. A normal spoon doesn't have that sort of square edge. It's nice and smooth. Um, so it would just kind of like, you hold it in your hand because a teaspoon is like thumbish sort of shaped. It fits perfectly. Yeah. And you just kind of go. Brrr. So apparently that's, that's the OP way of doing it. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. The next time you're playing track and field, don't be afraid to whop out the teaspoon, which <laughs> sounds like some sort of euphemism. And on that point, let's move ahead. Uh, we are all bad cheaters, man. <laughs> hey, it's, 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 it's not cheating if the other person sat next to you is doing the same thing. You're just leveling the playing field. Uh, okay, let's move ahead quickly then. One final article before we start to wrap things up. This one is not track and field. Um, but it's a game that I would recommend as heavily as track and field. Uh, I, I say that, the series I would recommend. I haven't played this specifically, but after knowing what has come before it, I, would, I wouldn't be as scared to recommend this. Anyway, the final news article of there, written by JP is at The Verge, says, Overcooked All You Can Eat is coming to more platforms with expanded crossplay on the way. It's launching on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and Steam on March the 23rd. Overcooked All You Can Eat, which bundles all of the content from Overcooked and Overcooked 2 into one big package, will be released on the Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and Steam on March the 23rd, developer Ghost Town Games announced on Monday. Right now, the game is only available on the PS5, Excuse me, and Xbox Series X, so a lot more players will be able to jump into this combined bundle with the wider release. Overcooked All You Can Eat also serves as a remaster for the games, running at 60 FPS and a 4K resolution. The game also has faster loading times, which I personally am happy to hear about. Levels in the Switch version of Overcooked 2 sometimes loaded frustratingly slowly. Ghost Town Games also announced that Overcooked All You Can Eat will be getting support for crossplay multiplayer on all platforms in an update coming soon. The game already supported crossplay on PS5 and Xbox Series X, so it's great to see that it will be expanded to all platforms. Overcooked is a fantastic multiplayer game. I'll stop there for a second and say it absolutely is. Um, and being able to play with friends no matter what platform they're on will make it much easier to experience some cooking mayhem. Overcooked All You Can Eat also has some assist mode options and new accessibility features. If, like me, until 12 months ago you'd slept on Overcooked, uh, mm -hmm. then absolutely give it a try. It's if you, If you like the idea of what, Fall Guys gave you that feeling that Fall Guys gave you in the first first six weeks, first three weeks. Um, that is Overcooked through and through. Overcooked is I, I, Overcooked is better than Fall Guys for me by a long, long way. It, it's not had the same runaway success kind of stuff because obviously it's not a free to play game. It didn't come at the right time in, in the same sort of way that Fall Guys did. But Overcooked is if you want something that's fun, looks like something. You, you probably wouldn't play it. If you were me, let me just open this up. Let me hit play on this. Uh, and mute it, because it's the loudest thing in the world. Nice. Uh, is it going to give us any gameplay? Mm, no. Oh, well, there you go. This, to me, looks like something I wouldn't play. I would not play that. That's not my kind of game. Just like um, Tearaway Unfolded was not my kind of game. Um, it absolutely is my kind of game. Once you get past the... It doesn't look like a game I'd usually play. It's incredible. It's really good. So, yeah, mm -hmm. Overcooked Game is coming to more platforms. This isn't sponsored by uh, 
Overcooked or Team 17 or Ghost Games or anyone. It's just a really good game. What are your thoughts, babe? Again, I, I'm very, it, it definitely will ruin your uh, relationship. Uh, me and the wife nearly got divorced after playing it. But it's a fantastic game. It's so good. It is. I love party games anyway, uh, like Jackbox Party and uh, That's Knowledge. Uh, what was the other one? I can't remember it. It's gone. Um, <laughs> but those, but the, those types of yeah, party games are are, are a bit of me. I absolutely adore them. Uh, this is definitely up there. It's very difficult. I mean, it, the, the first couple of levels are easy, and then you just like you need to plan out your kitchen before you move into the next part. I don't know what you're doing. It's you you get might get two stars, but you want the three stars, baby. Um, so you want to try and do the best you can on every single level. It it is so much fun, but it will piss you off more than anything. You know, it gets serious when you literally like. We rearranged the living room to play this. And when I say this, <laughs> um, let me jump to the alternate alternate screen. Uh, is it going to work? Nice. So so imagine this is the living room. This is the TV. Um, we basically have a, um, a couch going down that wall and then a couch going behind. And it sits quite far back. But when uh, me and Danielle were playing this, we literally dragged the couch right up so we were sat in front of the TV so we could see everything clear, Crystal, so we could play it, um, which which helped with with the uh, impending ending of relationships because that's what Overcooked does. <laughs> uh, well, you was on the couch and you've been there for three weeks. You didn't give me the pre-prepared meat for the burger. <laughs> She's like, it's been sat there waiting. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even notice. <laughs> It's 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 incredible. It's incredible. It's really 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 good fun. We played in the office as well, didn't we? Didn't we? That was a laugh. It was you that put me onto it. It was when it came on PS Plus for free, and you was like, "Let's have a go on this." I was like, "No, nah, all right, oh, go on then. Let's have a go." Three seconds in, I was like, "Baby, I need some more lettuce. Give me some fucking lettuce." Well, you know, give me the lettuce. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> Luke says, "Imagine tuning in at this moment. Which moment was that?" <laughs> when I say Luke, I mean Jerome Luke, not Luke Pastille Luke, because that's a different. There's too many Lukes. Uh, although Luke Pastille said the Biro did the job for us, 100 meters in less than six seconds. Woo, woo. I've, I've heard the Biro one as well. Like, see, so, yes. I think you were talking about speed. Ah, okay. Two, all you need is two fingers, and I'm sat there going. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see now. Nice. Um, Jenkins says, I modified Mum's sewing machine. I cannot lose ever. <laughs> 100 metres in like 1.2 seconds. Uh, the, the last Olympics game we played together was the Lillehammer Winter Olympics game on the Snares, where we mainly did the down slalom, all the shooting around. Yeah, that was because we got the Lillehammer Winter Olympics game and we just got the Snares cartridge. We didn't get the box or the booklet, and it had no instructions on how to play any of the modes. And it's fine uh, It's fine if you're playing a football game or something like that, because you play the same game over and over again. The Lillehammer Olympics was basically eight different game modes or whatever, with no instructions on how to play any of them. So it was pretty much just like, losing, 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 lost. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Losing, losing, losing. Not losing as much, lost, until you figure out what to do. So we, yeah, there was about eight, ten different modes in it, and we only figured out like two of them, so... Fun times. Um, uh, sorry, it was Daily Thompson's Decathlon. Brilliant game. I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one. Uh, I don't remember that one. Uh, amazing name for a Twitch channel. Uh, Daily Thompson. Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> 
Um, some of Konami, <laughs> some of Konami's best work with those track and field type of games. Amazing games. Life, lifeless, ageless. That's not lifeless. Lifeless is something completely different. Timeless. <laughs> Timeless. That's what I'm after. There you go. <laughs> one mind. They're lifeless. These well, games. You are right in one sense. Dead. <laughs> games are dead. They're never coming back. Uh, Stadia version confirmed for Overcooked? Uh, question mark. If not, I'm not interested, Kappa. Um, yeah, maybe one of the 100 games. Never know. Uh, it's not been mentioned, though, so I would imagine maybe not. Um, Jenkins says, I play Pez, which is the sequel to Foul, guys. <laughs> I mean, it is... That's a lie, you don't get one. Uh, you, you do when you're... Uh, 2-1 down and it's 83 minutes and you threw on goal. That's the only time you ever get fouls. <laughs> yeah, you fucker. Um, have you played Moving Out? That is brutal. I don't think I've played Moving Out. I don't know what that no, is. No, I haven't played that one. There was a, there was, what was the other one as well? Was it it's like Stretcher Guys or something like that? I can't remember what that one was called. Moving they, they, they basically did the same thing. Stretcher Guys. Stretcher Guys. Moving Out looks very much overcookish. Overcooked-ish. Oh, it's Team Seventeen as well. Also, oh, made by the same guys. Yeah. So, so is it is it the same idea, but like emptying a house as opposed to like serving up food? Um, uh, there we go. Yeah, uh, the stretchers. That was very much, uh, very much like that. It wasn't made by Team Seventeen though. Well, then it's no, no cheap rip off. Get out of here. <laughs> the stretchers. Have you got like go and pick people up that have been injured and things like that? Then your players. Yeah, they put them in the back of your van. Uh, I just did a Google image search for the Stretchers game, uh, and it seems like it's safe enough to show, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, Luke says, yes, those moments. Okay. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> um, Daily Thompson Decathlon was by Ocean. Um, still possibly the coolest logo in video game design, Ocean's logo, by the way. Uh, love that, love that, love that, love that. They made so many good games as well. They did like James Pond and, and Robocop and everything back in the day. <laughs> uh, nice. Um, posted a YouTube of Daily Thompson in Discord. Is that this? Oh no, this is the uh, stretches. Okay. <laughs> we definitely need to play this, you know. Look at the, look at the, the the physics as it just morphed through a fence without trashing it. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> ah, that's enough of that. Let's get rid of that. Uh, yeah. The stretchers for those gaping holes, says Magic Man. Exactly. Do you know what? On that bombshell, uh, we have been live for an hour and a half, so let's wrap well. things up. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for, for all of the gaping holes, um, for the semis and the stretchers, and all of the news <laughs> in and amongst that, too. Thank you very much for being here. It's been a good day. It's been nice. Fuzzy Harp, yes. thanks for the host. Bonsai for the sub. Bonsai for the host. Pirate for the host. Flemmer for the follow. Madge for the host. Appreciate all of you guys getting involved. And everyone that's been in the chat, it means a lot having you all here. As mentioned, we turn this into uh, podcast content, video and audio, so you guys being here and being involved is very, very helpful for everyone watching and listening on demand a little bit later on and for us personally you guys being here makes it all worthwhile as mentioned we do this on the side this isn't our day job um we aren't paid to do this the lights don't keep themselves on but you guys being around even just lurking as well as dropping the subs and the bits and the donors we appreciate all of that stuff genuinely genuinely it means a lot thank you very much uh before we disappear though question will you be back this afternoon bib uh no because it's tuesday ah yeah it is tuesday 
And okay. <laughs> I I'm going to sit on my ass. Nice, nice. Um, no, I'm not. I'm actually, not. I'm not. I'm going to rip up carpet. That's my that's my life. I'm going to rip up the carpet on the Oof. stairs to get ready for the the final stage of the sex barn build. If you don't know what the sex barn build is, then you've yeah. not you've not been here for the the scoop previously. Uh, so that should hopefully be finished off tomorrow. We will see. We will see. Um, so yeah. There will be no additional streams today, but we will be back tomorrow. Before then, though, Bib, uh, is there anything you want to add? Yes, again, thank you very much for each and every one of you that have stopped by today and that have helped out by getting involved in the chat, dropping subs, and all that other business. But if you want to be involved in the show, there are two ways you can do that. First of all, find us on social media. That's asking all those across all major social media platforms. And second way, get into our Discord. There's an area in there called the Scoop. All we need from you is a URL plus your fast impressions. We will then give you our fast impressions on the very next show, which will what time tomorrow, Mr. Grave Day. Uh, well, that time will be 10am. Uh, Ish. 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 10 a.m. ish. We go live at 10 a.m. ish each and every single weekday. Twitch.tv forward slash ice cream uploads. So, yeah, that's it. Nice. Uh, until tomorrow from the pair of us, have yourselves a fantastic day. And, uh, baby. You gotta stay for us, <laughs>